0: Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio. 101.3 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. I am producing this program on Tuesday, November 8th. Today is a big day in the United States because the midterm elections are today, and there's quite a bit of interest in that. There's a lot of dissatisfaction in the United States with the economy, with foreign policy, with uh, education, with education, Pretty much anything you can think about, Uh, people are disappointed in it, and they're wanting changes. So the question becomes, when will we see real and lasting change, and what will bring it about? We need to understand what the Bible says about the kingdom of God, and we need to uh, go to the Bible for this, and we have some scriptures to look up today. So if you have your Bible handy, you could get it out, and we could look at these together. John 18 and verse 36 is an important passage when we talk about the kingdom of God because Christ was asked very specifically about it towards the end of his physical life. John 18 and verse 36, Jesus answered, and he said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. That's what Jesus said. Now, there are some people that think that they need to make every effort to make governments of this world like the kingdom of God. But Christ said, look, my kingdom is not of this world. Christ's kingdom is not part of this world's civilization. And it will begin to rule on earth at his second coming. The second coming of Christ is uh, that event that is so essential. We need God's government on this earth. Revelation 11 and verse 15. It says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So this is going to occur, and soon. Christ will return. And what happens at that time? Well, the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord. God rules. Jesus Christ rules on this earth. He rules at that time. And nothing but the return of Christ in all power and glory, as is pictured here in Revelation 11, will install the government of God ruling over the entire earth. Nothing else can do it. Man can't do it. God has to do it. And we're looking specifically at God's kingdom, his government ruling over the entire earth. Now, God's government does rule over his own church today. But when it comes to ruling this entire earth, that doesn't happen until Christ returns. And we see that in Acts 3. The Bible calls this the restitution of all things. And that moment, that restitution, that restoring of all things, including this government of God to the earth, that happens at Christ's second coming. Notice Acts 3, verses 19 through 21. It says, Repent you, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ. This is talking about the second coming which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So you can see that this restitution of all things, it doesn't happen until Jesus Christ returns. It's his second coming. But there's instruction here. So what what are we to do in the meantime? Well, verse 19 told us, Repent you therefore and be converted. Change, stop sinning, learn to think and act and live like God does today, because then when Christ returns, then we're ready to help him. When his kingdom is established and it rules over this earth, then he'll need people to help him that, uh, again, will be trained and prepared. And we see this here, and if we go back to Revelation 20, there's a, there's instruction for this time for people that uh, have ears to hear and that God's working with, and, and if they hear and understand, and they need to make effort to repent and be converted. We're being trained today to help Christ rule in the kingdom of God. And we see this in Revelation 20, in verse 6. It says, blessed and holy... Is he that has part in the first resurrection? On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. When Jesus Christ returns to this earth, then there's a thousand-year period there, a millennial rule. And then it goes on from there, and you can learn a lot more about that in the Pagan Holidays or God's Holidays Witch booklet that discusses God's holy day plan and gives an awesome picture of God's plan of salvation for mankind and um, his kingdom and and what the future holds. But you can see that this is uh, at his second coming. He returns, and then there's this first resurrection at that time. People are changed. They're changed to spirit being. If they died in the faith or if they're alive and ready— then they'll be changed when Christ returns. The first resurrection is a, a resurrection into the kingdom of God, into the God family. And you can see there that those individuals that are in that resurrection shall reign with Christ for a thousand years in the kingdom of God. That's not happening today. Christ isn't ruling this earth today. He rules his church, but he doesn't rule this world Christ taught clearly that one cannot enter the kingdom of God unless they are actually a spirit being. So we just read here in Revelation 20 and verse 6 about the first resurrection. Those people that are in that shall be priests of God and of Christ and reign a thousand years. Well, uh, there's a change that happens. There's a resurrection, a change. You can see this in John 3. Jesus Christ was dealing with Nicodemus who came to him at night and wanted to uh, know more about his teaching. And Christ knew what he was getting at. He was interested in the kingdom. And so Christ got right to it and told him about being born again into that kingdom. In verse 5, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Pretty basic statement there. If you're born of the flesh, you are flesh. And you are, and so am I. You're flesh. You were born of it, and you can look down and see your arms, and they're made out of flesh. That's what we are. That which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. See, when we are born... When we're resurrected and changed, we're going to be spirit. That's who rules in the kingdom of God. Spirit beings, God beings. And Christ explains this further. Verse 7, Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. See, Nicodemus struggled with this. You can read the rest of the account where, you know, he's thinking of physical birth. And he's like, well, can a man, you know, go back into his mother's womb when he's old and be born again? And, it, you know... He's getting pretty uh, (laughs) disturbed by that thought, and it is a strange thought. And Christ had to explain to him that, no, I'm talking about being born of spirit, being a spirit being, a God being. And he explains that in verse 8. He says, "...the wind blows where it lists, and you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell whence it comes and where it goes. And so is everyone that is born of the spirit." So he's comparing the spirit to wind. You know, we, we can see that it moves things physically. I, I'm even looking out the window right now as I speak. I can see the, the plants blowing in the wind. I can't see the wind. I can't see where it's coming from or where it's going. I can see the effect of it so I can gauge, well, the direction it's moving because of the, the physical plant that's moving that I can see with my eyes. But he's making this comparison that okay when you're a spirit you're invisible <laughs> you're invisible to human eyes you don't you aren't you aren't the same you're not flesh anymore you're spirit it's different it's different and so to be in the kingdom of god we've got to be spirit being we've got to be a spirit being we've got to be a god being and we're talking about this again because there's this idea then some people have it that You know, well, they should get involved today and try to make things, you know, on this earth today, um, you know, be the kingdom of God. Now, we should certainly try to live righteously and do the best that we can and and be productive and and follow God's laws, of course. But when it comes to the governments of this world, those aren't God's governments. Those aren't God's governments. You know, one person being in versus another person being in office— It doesn't make it the government of God. Now, God does allow things, and he does move things in certain ways for prophetic reasons. But when we talk about the kingdom of God, that doesn't come to this earth and rule this earth until the second coming of Christ. And to really be part of that, we've got to be born into God's family. We've got to be spirit beings. The world today has so many problems. You know, there's, there's no way anyone could look at the world and really think that this is God's world today. It's not. This this isn't God's world. These aren't. This is not God's government on this earth. He's seeing all these worldly governments. That's not God's government. Look at the problems. Look at the difficulties. But under the government of God, and again, that's going to rule this earth and the second coming of Jesus Christ. The world will be a much different place than it is today. We have a picture of that in Micah 4. God gives us a vision of what that will be like. Micah 4, verses 1 through 4, it says, But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the eternal will be established in the top of the mountains. See, God's government will rule at that point. And it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it verse 2 and many nations shall come and say come and let us go up to the mountain of the eternal and to the house of the god of Jacob he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths for the law shall go forth of zion and the word of the eternal from jerusalem see god's law will be taught worldwide and that's not the case today it'll be taught and it will be you know implemented and it'll be global Verse 3, and he shall judge among many people and rebuke nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. No doubt you've seen that imagery or heard about that before. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. No more wars, no more Ukraine, no more problems like we see there. Wars are going to be over with. No more violence in the cities, no more gangs, no more murdering. See, it's a completely different world when the kingdom of God rules it. Verse 4, here's what it will be like. They shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the eternal of hosts has spoken it. People will have land. They will be able to take care of it. They'll be able to have a good life, raise their families, draw closer to God, develop character, obey God's laws. Completely different worlds. No human being can make that happen. No government of this world can make that happen. The more men try to fix problems, the more problems we see. And often the worse and worse they become. And in many cases, governments actually cause problems for other governments or anyone who might try to take their power. See, there's a selfish uh, focus and intent where people want to retain power today and don't use it to help. Don't use it to follow the government of God or the don't use it to implement the law of God. They certainly don't do that. Such a different world. But a new world is coming, and it can only come when Christ returns and reestablishes the government of God over this earth. Notice this quote from the correspondence course. This is lesson 24. And it says, the government of the world tomorrow will be based on God's law of love, as we just read about. With the help and inspiration of God's Holy Spirit given to them, people will begin to truly love one another, to have godly concern for fellow man. God's government will not be a democracy. It will not be socialism, communism, or fascism. It will not be human monarchy, oligarchy, plutocracy. It will not be man's government over man. Man has proven his utter incapability of ruling himself. And we've got... 6,000 years of history to see that, of man trying to rule man. What's been the result? Lots of wars, lots of death, lots of violence, lots of sadness, lots of heartache. And when there were moments of peace and prosperity, they were few and far between. That's why they're so remarkable. (laughs) And typically they occurred because God intervened and, and was helping and was trying to teach lessons. It says it will be divine government, the government of God. It will not be government from the bottom up. The people will not vote their leaders into office. No more election days, no more midterms. God's government doesn't operate that way. It says no time or money will be wasted on campaigning and elections. Won't that be a relief? (laughs) It says it will not be the government of or by the people, but it will be government for the people. It will be government from the top, God Almighty, down. In the world tomorrow, all officials will be members of God's family, divine spirit beings like Christ talked about, appointed by Christ himself, even down to the level of mayors over cities. The Bible tells us that under the leadership of Jesus Christ, God's government will produce a utopian paradise on earth. Is that too good to be true? Hard to believe? Well, it's going to take a massive change, and it takes the return of Jesus Christ. It says the Bible tells us that under the leadership of Jesus Christ, God's government will produce a utopian paradise on earth. As we learned, it says, in past lessons, and so you can go back and study the, the past lessons of the correspondence course, but it says God will begin to work first with the descendants of the children of Jacob. See, he's got a plan. And then it says using them as a model and example, God will rebuild and bless all nations. See, God's government will be a blessing for everybody. So what are we to do today? What are true Christians to do today? Well, we are to allow God to train us and to teach us so that we can help Christ rule when he returns. And we're part of that kingdom of God. Notice Revelation 19 and verse 7. Revelation 19 and verse 7, it says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. This is talking about Christ returning and marrying his church. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife, that's the church that's comprised of of individual members of God's church throughout the years. It says his wife has made herself ready. That's what we're to do today. We don't go out and vote and get into the politics of this world, although we do watch and pray, and certainly there is uh, prophetic implications in a lot of what we see in this world, and God is involved in that, and we have to watch that. But we know what we're waiting for, which is the return of Jesus Christ, the rule of the kingdom of God on this earth. That's the only way to solve the problems that we see. Only God and his government can do that. Our job is to prepare for that and let God teach us and train us so that we're ready to help Christ rule this earth. For much more on this, you can uh, request The Incredible Human Potential and Pagan Holidays or God's Holy Day's Which, and also the Correspondence Course. Please sign up for that. It's free at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live By Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God.